Hey everyone, welcome to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry, and this is our podcast where we give you a behind-the-scenes look as we create a comic book. We're going to talk about TV, movies, comic books, and hopefully have a lot of guests, other writers, creators, and friends. Um, check us out at snarfcomics.com. You can check out our blog and follow along with everything we got going on. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snarf Comics, and please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Snarf Talk. Hey, everybody. We're back. Uh, so this week's a little bit different, Chris. All right. I don't know if you. I don't know if you know about this. I mean, I kind of do because you got my show notes in front of me. Oh, but. that's true. <laughs> so we have a guest this week. Our first, well, second guest, really, but our first big guest. Uh, he is basically everything we want to be at this moment. <laughs> yeah, comic book writer, professional podcaster, I would call it. Uh, works on a TV show, but instead of me blabbering on about what he does, I'm just going to let him tell you about it. Uh, Jason Inman, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, I look forward to creating the sophomore slump for guests for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, our first guest we had on here um, was actually really popular. So <laughs> yeah. You got, so, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm starting strong already. Yeah, it's definitely. I absolutely. Think so. Uphill swing. Um, yeah, I, I guess if you if you guys set me up. Uh, so if anybody out there doesn't know, um, yeah, I'm a I'm a writer. I've written the comic books, co-written the comic books Jupiter Jet and Science, and um, I'm a host slash podcaster for our podcast Geek History Lesson, which just celebrated its 50 year anniversary. And I am currently uh, the showrunner's assistant on a CBS drama, The Code, that will premiere April 9th on CBS. Awesome, April 9th, very nice. I knew it was coming out pretty soon. Um, I, so let's take it back a little ways. Cause the first time a lot I of heard jobs, you, I know, sorry. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so the first time I had ever heard you was on a podcast, uh, about comic books and you, it was right when Jupiter jet had, uh, I think you had had the Kickstarter out at that time or it was just ending. And I heard you talking about being from Kansas in a small town farming area, uh, and just, moving out west doing the comic book thing went to california and started your dream basically and i was thinking in the truck i was like man this is exactly what chris and i want to do and it's absolutely possible and the whole thing that really caught my attention was the small town aspect because we yeah we, we were both from a farming town i mean yeah. i still Which farm farming so. towns are you guys from uh we're in illinois so we're about a, an hour hour and a half southwest of chicago little town um, we're called not Mizan. we're not from chicago no <laughs> yeah so yeah no, we're, I, did, I, I i totally i uh, sorry to interrupt you I, I i totally understand that because if i were to say the actual town that you know i'm from which is stark kansas has a population of 73 people nobody i've only met one person in my entire life that knows that town so i i, I assume you guys are in a similar situation yeah we're so we're from a little town called Mazan and that's about a thousand people, and Jerry's actually from the next town down the road, Verona, which is how many people? Two fifty. Two fifty. So, in the I same boat. Yeah, I'm yeah, small. yeah, you do. You are. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but that, it's the same feel, I assume, on either one of those. Yeah, I think that's something that definitely jam- jumped out at Jerry, and then he right away he's like, "Oh, you got to listen to this." 
And it's something that jumped out to us because, you know, you hear the stories over and over again of the guys, you know, that are in the industry that are from L.A. or New York. And I feel like there's this whole segment, you know, it just doesn't resonate to us being from small town. That's like that this is even possible, you know, and we talk about that a lot on the podcast because I feel like even being from our area, if you even talk about wanting to write or something about comic books, everybody just kind of looks at you sideways, you know? Yeah. Did you experience any of that? Oh, hundred percent. It's, it's, it's interesting because, um, I'm currently working on a project that I can't really talk a lot about. Um, that sort of is about a small town. And of course I've said it in Kansas and, Perfect. um, because of that, I've been trying to put myself back in the headspace of, you know, what it was to be in those areas, which you guys totally understand. And there, there's something in the water or there's something in the air or the dirt. And I don't know what it is exactly. I don't know whether it's because people there are just, you know, salt of the earth, hardworking, put your head down, get the job done people. But there is an expectation, especially in the Midwest and especially in like more uh, um, rural areas, that you can only do these 15 jobs and that's it. Right, and if you do right. anything outside of these like 15 jobs, you're crazy right. and it's impossible and you can't do it. And, and, I, and I don't know what it is, but yeah, that's definitely it, it, it's funny. When I, so when I first came out here to L.A., my first job in L.A. was. I, I was in the I edited videos for a YouTube channel and trying to explain that when I went home was impossible. Right. <laughs> or people would be like, how do you make money from YouTube? And I'd be like, you know, the ads you see on YouTube, they'd be like, yeah, that every time you watch one of those, there's money. And they're like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> and you're like, how do you think TV commercials work? Exactly. It's a big thing here is that um, like for us, comic books, the first time we ever came out and talked about comic books or writing comic books, um, you kind of get like a kind of a cross-eyed look like, well, why would you do that? Right. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't sound like corn or soybeans. <laughs> right. So that, that was, that was my question is that being in a small town. So I know you were familiar with comic books, obviously getting them from a store, but what, what was your, like, what was the match that you struck that told you you wanted to write? Yeah, you like want your to do that kind introduction of to that world, I guess you could say. Um, I think it was always something I, I, I always wanted to do it. I, I always wanted to do it, but I guess because I was from the small town area and the more, you know, farm areas, I, 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 I told myself that it was impossible. Like, I couldn't do it. And I, I especially happened when I was around D.C. I, I started writing comic books, like, right before I, I got the hosting job on DCL Access. And... I was starting to meet more and more comic book creators and more comic book writers. And, you know, some of them had become my friends and just talking to them, it became a reality. Like it was like, Oh, these people get paid a paycheck to write superheroes. Why can't I do that? It doesn't seem that difficult. And, and it's funny because, um, we're all in our lives. And I've said this several times and, you know, if, if, if somebody has heard me say this on another podcast, I apologize, but, we're all out there looking for this magic key. And what that what I mean by that is, is this magic key is everybody wants that one spark, that one magic lamp, that one genie that's going to suddenly open up the world to them and tell them exactly how to become a famous Hollywood movie star, writer, director person. But the reality of it is, is that that magic key doesn't exist. We all hope it does. It doesn't exist. 
the magic key is actually just do it. It always is. It's just like, well, if you want to be a comic book writer, just do it. And so I didn't actually become a comic book writer for myself until I, like I said, I saw all these friends and I was like, they do it. Why can't I? And, and then I just did it. Yeah, I think we it was kind of something similar with us. I think we had gone to a couple of comic cons and we start to meet artists and writers there and we're like, "Oh yeah, they're just they're just regular people." Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. for so many years I feel like we'd been putting the people artists up on pedestals and we still do, of course. I think everybody does. Um that is interested in this world, but there was a little bit from our side like do these how do these people actually do it and then you realize oh they're just kind of normal people and they just do it you know you just got to go out there put your head down and do the work and that's kind of what sparked us to kind of get going you know it it was somewhat intimidating to me because i thought I, i don't know what i thought i thought they had like you said not necessarily a secret key but something that somebody told them or they had some sort of influence that gave them uh the the right idea or how to even put a script together. And I thought that there was a secret to writing a comic book script, but there isn't. <laughs> you know what the real secret is? What's Google that? it. That's, yeah. that's ser- seriously, like, it, it, like it's what? funny. It, 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 the, the most amazing thing about the internet is now every job you could ever imagine, especially in the creative field, you can figure out a way to do it through the internet. Like right. comic book scripts are out there. And, and I always say, you know, especially with like podcasts and YouTube videos, it's a question I always get where people are like, what do I do if I want to make a YouTube video or what I want to do if I want to make a podcast? And I always say steal from the greats. If there's a podcast out there that you really love, like you love their format, you love their energy, make your podcast that. Yeah. Like if you copy their format, that's not plagiarism. Right. Well, I'm going you know, to apologize because we well, copied yeah, off of yeah, you. But, <laughs> say that again, I'm sorry. I said I'm going to apologize because I directly copied off of you for one episode that we did. <laughs> Please do. I remember uh, he came in here. You doing that, you make it unique, man. Like you're the uniqueness in that. Like the format is not the idea. The uniqueness, the, the thing that everybody buys, the thing that everybody listens to, the reason why we go see movies is because of the people, like the people behind the podcast or the people behind the story. That's why we buy things. Oh, absolutely. But there was one show I, we called it cause the podcast is called snarf snarf talk. And I, it was called Snarf Goes Indie, uh, and it was directly off of your uh, top It was in, just our top comics. five indie comics, but yeah. I remember he came oh, in here, nice. and he's, he's like, let's do our top five indie comics. I'm like, great. The next day, I call him. I'm like, hey, I just saw on Geek History that he did top five indie comics. Did you know that? We can't do that. And he's like, yeah, that's where I, that's where I saw it. <laughs> that's exactly where I got it from. And Tell it was me great. your address right now so I can uh, direct my lawyers, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So still talk about comic books. I wanted to get into it may be boring for some, but it's definitely not for Chris and I about like writing process. What is because like I said, script writing to me was some something that I had no idea how to do until we did start Googling it and looking into like how this stuff happened. So just walk us through like your writing process on on comic books. Um, So usually. And for the last two big ones, you know, I co-wrote them with Ashley Robinson, but it's still the same because I'm working on a couple by myself right now. Um, I it always everything you write story, I think for me, always comes down to an idea. Like there's 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 a certain idea Um, like for our next project science. um, I said, 
to Ashley, I want to write a story that's like Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, Fantastic Four. Like, how can we take that feeling and modernize it? And then from there, I think a lot of the the early stuff for me is your gut. Like, you're like, oh, there's a, there should be a girl with glasses. There should be this. There should be that. But then once you have those meat and potatoes, for me, you got to figure out what the hell is your story about because – you know, we you can show the Hulk punching a, a giant worm as much as you want, and it's going to be boring as hell unless we understand that, like, he says that line right before he punches the worm that, oh, I'm angry all the time. And you're like, oh, I, I get that guy. Um, so yeah. it's about he, he's always he can't control his anger. He's learned to live with his anger. That's interesting. That's what the story's about. So um, I always feel like I can't write any of the script until I figure that out. And sometimes that takes a long 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 time um i i've had projects where that has taken a year before yeah, I, I, yeah. I have ever written a script because i don't feel i feel every draft i'm ever going to write is not going to be worth a damn until i figure that out but it's funny because i feel like once you know that you you kind of go and so from there i take that idea and i and i beat out a story like i figure out where my ending is i figure out what that stuff is but every scene has to touch that theme somehow and if it doesn't touch that theme, then to me it's wrong. It's like completely like get the hell out of there. It's a waste of time. Um, and 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 I think if you go back and like look at the stories, the books, the comics that you love, they all do that too. Like I I, I very strongly and firmly believe that. Sure. Um, and then my biggest tip uh, for anybody that wants to know how to write comic books or just write anything is think about how you introduce your character. The very first time your audience sees your character the very first time the very first scene tells a lot about your character it says a lot about your character so try to make it like unique or make it interesting yeah okay. that's great that's great advice we uh we kind of uh i mean it was kind of for us i know we ran into this problem so just a little background we wrote a script about two years ago we had some of it illustrated um didn't end up finishing that one and kind of moved on to this other project we're working on now so we're writing a new script right now um, but I know one of our, with our first script, one of our issues was we just like dove into the story, but we didn't really have a clear ending because at the time we didn't really know. I mean, we're just like, well, it, it'll be an ongoing comic book that goes on forever. <laughs> you know? So do you know that ahead of time? Do you, I mean, it, I, it sounds like you do, but do you know how yeah, many issues um, or how long the story is going to be or? Well, no, I don't, I don't, um, when I'm determining length, I just kind of have a rough idea. It's usually based on the original idea of like how long do I think this can like propel the story. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's important to know your ending. For me, I I can't I can't write without an ending. I know a lot of writers do, but I couldn't do that because I mean, how do I know where to aim my story, or how do I know what scenes are a waste of time if I don't know where I'm going? So just to let you know, um, with Jupiter Jet, when Ashley and I were co-writing that, we knew the ending in the very first meeting of volume one. Um, and then we know in our perfect world, Jupiter jet is five volumes, okay. like five. It's going to be five, five issue miniseries. And we know the ending of volume five. Yeah, now that was a question I had. Yeah. Yeah. We, we know loosely what happens in every one. Like we know volume two really well, which we, which we um, are hoping to get out the gate later this year. Um, we know like, what's we know like two is the clearest 
We know a little bit about three. Four is very loose. Five is even looser, but we do know where five concludes. Like, um, we say this in a lot of interviews. It's funny. Um, the character that Jupiter Jet will marry in volume five is in the first volume. Ooh, now oh, I'm wow. going to be thinking about who that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So for me, like, yeah, I, I like, I like to figure out the ending and, 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 I always think that your ending can always change. Like if you're in your middle of your story and like suddenly you're just like, no, I want to kill this guy, then do it. Like go, go with your instinct, but have a, have a loose idea of where you're going. Yeah. I was wondering that too. And I was going to ask later because, uh, um, I've read Jupiter jet. I think it's great. I love, Thanks. uh, the story. I really, you know, the artwork is really, um, yeah, the art's amazing. Really great. Ben uh, Matsui, our artist, is, uh, I think, cr criminally underrated. And the fact that DC and Marvel haven't picked him up, I think, is insane. I was just looking at his website, um, actually, before I called you. Because I was, you know, because we're looking for an artist, too. And I'm like, you know, we should call this guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it was, uh, no, I was wondering that because, um, you know, I, I, I'm i not going to spoil anything. But that first volume kind of ends, I wouldn't say on a cliffhanger, but it opens a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, about, you know, what's going to come next. And I didn't know how soon you were going to get towards that because I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Um, I mean, well, like, you know, as you as you gentlemen know, the, the, the hardest thing with independent comic books is that the writers have to take the full brunt of yeah, absolutely, the financial yeah. burden. So because our artist, you know, and our colorist and our letterer, it has to be their full-time jobs to make the comic book. So we basically have to pay those people living wages. Right. So... Um, I mean, uh, bare bones cost of like Jupiter Jet is somewhere around like seventeen thousand dollars. Right, right. Just That's... just to make the issues, and and, and you know, and so th so for us, we always delay it. You know, just like with all our projects, is, which is the reason why we went to Kickstarter. And thank God Kickstarter exists, because like we want to make sure that our artists are are being paid and can pay their rent. Right. Absolutely, and that's that's where we were at when we first got a uh, an artist for the. Uh, the story we were writing before we were, we were looking for the cheapest, cheapest, cheapest. And then we were like, man, this kind of sucks to, to pay somebody such a cheap amount of money for them doing so Most much of work. The work, you know, so much work compared to what we were doing on our end. I mean, we wrote the story, but they've literally got to tell it with a picture. And the biggest secret of independent comics, there's two, there's two, there's two secrets about if you want to make an independent comic book. Secret number one is if you like a professional out there, even if they're even if they've worked for Marvel or DC, reach out to them and pitch your comic book to them, because if they like the idea and you're willing to pay them, they'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I, uh, I reached out to this artist um, uh, re very recently who has done work at DC and was literally like, hey, do you have you know some time in your schedule? I have like an issue I think you'd be great for, and. I was like, what's your rate? And he quoted me a rate and I was like, I can pay that. Great. Let's do it. Um, and, and now I'm working with a DC artist. Um, the other secret is, is that if you are, you know, an independent comic book writer, a lot of times if you go to these artists, um, and say, Hey, this is our budget. You know, you can, you can usually negotiate a rate that's not going to throw you into debt. And that will also compensate the artist very fairly. Yeah. Um, every artist is different, but like, just ask again, they're real people. They'll have a conversation, but you'd be surprised. Um, you'd be surprised some of the artists that you can get, uh, and I'm not saying for cheap, but for a very fair rate. So do you, um, when you're 
getting ready to produce a book, do you fund it yourself first and then do your Kickstarter afterwards when you're at the publishing process? Or do you start it off with your Kickstarter funds and start creating the book from that point? We do what I like to call the Robert Kirkman method. I once very, very long time ago on a podcast, and I think this was pre the Walking Dead television series, I heard Robert Kirkman on a podcast say, um, why would I bother writing issue two if I haven't sold issue one? Right. Yep. And that kind of stuck with me. And I was like, that's a fair point. And Robert Kirkman writes Invincible, and I like Invincible, and he's way smarter than I am, so I'm going to steal that. Again, comes back to that, guys. Steal, yeah. from, steal, <laughs> steal from people you like. So our, our thing is, is what we do is we hire somebody, and we'll generally – we will pay them to draw five to ten pages. Just It just depends on like where our scene ends or where we think is a good point in the story. Uh, so we'll get them to draw five to ten pages, and then we will um, – take that to kickstarter and then we will use kickstarter to pay the artist now on both of our kickstarters on science and jupiter jet um to help our budgets we didn't uh, ashley and i as writers have not got gotten paid on either one of those campaigns oh and all the money has gone like to the production of the book absolutely um so so that's the kind of that's the kind of way we do it because we've always said that We'll put those five pages on Kickstarter. We'll build a cool Kickstarter campaign. If the Kickstarter campaign doesn't work or it doesn't fund, then to me, that's the audience saying, we don't want this. So I'm just going to move on to the next book. Right. It doesn't mean that that book can't ever come back, but maybe nobody wants it right now. So that's kind of the methodology that, that we've adopted because um, I, I really don't want to go bankrupt for a comic book. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Neither do we. We've got families. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys especially. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we've always been aware of that it's going to cost money to get this done. And I've always been of the mindset because we talked about it at first and a lot of the Reddit stuff you get on Reddit and there's, you know, our comic book collabs and stuff. And they're all like talking about trying to get an artist to come on board to work with you for free. And that's never been something that I've even been interested in because I know, I, I mean, I've drawn a little bit of drawing. I understand how much work that is and why would anybody want to do that for free? So, right. Or even a portion of whatever the comic book makes. That's not that that still isn't a guaranteed living wage. So I'll also, I'll also give out, I'll also give out a warning um, to some of those Reddit people. So I have done a project before with somebody who was like, Oh, you can pay me on the back end," And I was like, great. Right. And then, uh, two years later, I had six pages. Right, exactly. Wow. There's no motivation. So, again, know? yeah, yeah. When, you, when you're offering to pay somebody, yeah, it, it makes it motivation. Also, when you're offering to pay somebody, you can put them in a contract because it, it's a business transaction. You're, you are hiring somebody. You are hiring a freelancer. You are a business. And you can put it in the contract that if they don't turn in X amount of pages by a certain day, you don't have to pay them. Right. And And – you know, and now I have never hit that situation, but um, ever since I've started doing that, I've never had an artist ghost me. Right. You know, because again, if you treat that artist like a professional, they'll treat you like a professional. They'll treat it like a job, and they'll finish the job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, that's how. I mean, that's how we did it on our first one, and that guy was like right on time all the time. So. Uh, that's another, yeah. I mean, that would be my main reason is because you know that somebody that's motivated to do their best work, hopefully. Um, 
So uh, I was gonna, oh yeah, I was going to ask you too. Um, while we're on that kind of a subject, we're talking about writing, and I know you got a full time job, and plus yeah. a podcast, plus you got to do interview. You're doing interviews with people like us. <laughs> How do you find the time and the motivation to write? Like, when do you actually do that? Do you do that at night or? What's your schedule like as far as that goes? Um, I have a hard time writing at night, actually. Um, when I come home from work, uh, because I do have a full... Yeah, you're right. I do have a full-time job. So I I, um, I mean, that's part of the reason, spoilers, listeners listening right now, um, we're recording this very late, probably very late for you guys, late for me, uh, just because, you know, I don't, I don't generally get off work till... I don't get off work till like 7 o'clock at night every night. Yeah. Um, so... I don't. So by the time I get home, especially with LA traffic, I really don't want to write. So I generally write on the weekends, or what I'll do is I'll sneak in writing during the day. Like I'll I'll write during the lunch breaks. I'll write during like my 10, 15 minute breaks here and there. Um, you'd be surprised what you can accomplish because. Uh, my brain sort of works like uh, my brain is like kind of always having ideas and I have a notebook with me. So my brain is always and that's why also uh, biggest piece of advice for any writer out there. Use Google Docs and put the yes. Google Doc app on your phone yeah, because that's, that's I've been in so many too. places. Yeah. So I've been in so many places where I've had the idea and I just have a Google Doc and I just type it up on my phone. It doesn't it doesn't matter where I am. I, I've been able to access my phone and go to Google Docs. So like I'm always like constantly thinking about it. So that when I get to those moments, um, uh, uh, you know, I can g- generally write semi-fast. I'm a pretty. I, I tend to think I'm a slow. I am a slow writer. I think. I, I. I think I am. I need to be better about that. I think everybody can. But, um, I think the motivation is is to me. I would say make sure your story is exciting to you because if it's not exciting to you, it's not going to be exciting to the reader. And if you do that, if you're excited to write it, then the motivation will never be a problem. Right. And I and I and and because I'll tell you this, man. Like, uh, and every writer will tell you this too. There's, it's sometimes very hard to write. Um, I'll tell you what I had. I had like I had a little bit of time today. I had like 30 minutes to write today, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna like knock out a couple pages of this script I'm working on. And I did maybe half a page. Right. <laughs> and it was yeah. just cause you know, wasn't in the mood, something's wrong. And I, you know, I don't know what that is, but I just couldn't, couldn't do it. And so that happens all the time. It happens even to like big people like Stephen King, Brad Meltzer, all the, the, the greats. So, um, don't, don't do anything that's going to make it harder for you. Like make your excite make your story exciting for you. Make it jazzed for you for yourself so you so you, you can get around that, you know. Right. That that happens a lot. Uh, it has for me recently like I've thought about like all right, I've got tons of ideas. I know what I'm going to write down. Start writing and I get like one panel accomplished and it all goes away. And then I'm like, <laughs> "Man, kind of tired i'm done with that but a good thing for us is uh the podcast so we've used this podcast as kind of a like a checks and balance because we talk about what we're going to do what we're writing how we're putting it together and people are listening to this and calling us out on it when we don't accomplish what we say we're going to accomplish so it's been pretty good for us i know jerry had a big motivation once because we talked on the podcast that i got you know i don't know four pages done over one weekend 
And uh, one of our listeners <laughs> chimed or sent him something and said, it seems like Chris is doing all the writing. Yeah. <laughs> Not and, you. And that just set Jerry off on a tangent. So he went on like, a rant. I don't know if I want to open it up to my podcast listeners to, to be my checks and balances. <laughs> yeah. I really cut to the core of me. And I was like, I got I to gotta do something here because they don't care. Oh, think yeah, because they're strangers, anything. man. They don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how it, that was another question I had on the script side of it because it makes a big difference in the process of writing is how detailed are you going into when you're writing you know or does it just vary page to page like are you detailing every scene for the artist or are you doing it a little you know full script or are you doing a little more loose where you can kind of write a little bit faster um i've never written anything marvel style um where you know it's like i don't know if you guys know that the stanley method where basically just wrote a he just broke three pages and was like, these are the 22 pages. I've, I've never done that. Um, I've always written full script. Um, it depends on um, the artist I'm working with and what I think um, they can handle or how, how much in tune we are. I will say that as Jupiter Jet moved along, uh, by the time we got to issue four, um, there were certain panels where I was just like, Jackie smiles. and just left <laughs> it at that and right. moved on. Um, because I knew Ben would deal would would do it. Um, but like on science, um, like we have more pieces, we have more characters, so we have to be a little bit more specific. I think it really depends. I would say don't go Alan Moore Watchmen crazy. I don't know if you guys have heard that. Oh, like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you've read his scripts for Watchmen, they're insane. I think one page there, there's a there's an infamous page in Watchmen that I think one comic page is 22 script pages. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I've looked at a lot of Alan Moore scripts and I'm like, I can't, I this He'd is have like, like writing two a or novel. three pages for one panel. You know, I think that's insane. Yeah. Um, it is. Sure. I don't, I mean, that's when you got all day to sit there and write it. I just don't know how you could, you know, with the limited amount of time you have, you could, to get anything I think, accomplished. I think even if you have, if, if writing is your full-time job, that's insane. I, I think also you're robbing your artist of what do they get to bring to the table if you're telling them every single inch of a room, you know? Yeah. Um, it, I think it, it really depends. Um, as long as you, you can write a sentence for each one. You really could. If you're a good enough writer, you could write a sentence for each one if your sentence is very focused. As long as you have um, the physical blocking, the intent of the panel, you know, um, the emotion of the panel, you could do it. I mean, if 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 your artist is is good enough, and say, um, I my sentence is, um, Batman stands on a rooftop, scratching his chin. He's uncertain what he's going to do next. That's you know that's pretty that's pretty simple, and a good enough sure. artist would be able to be like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Be- I mean, it's because it's descriptive enough, but also kind of leaves him a little leeway to and make the thing. scenery in the back. You know, it's not spelling out. And there's a building in the background with a billboard on it and, you know, this and that. I feel like at I some think, point yeah. you have to have that uh, confidence that your artist is going to draw what you're talking about without you having to go into great detail. Well, it's a collaboration, right, too. You, you, uh, we always say in every one of our scripts that if you have a better idea, please do it. Yeah, I write yeah. that a lot too. Yeah, 
I like I give them what I think it is, but I always and, and Ben added a lot of stuff to Jupiter Jet and Ben made a lot of panels much better. And that's the beauty of comic books is because it is a collaboration. It should be between you and the artist. It should be 50 percent because your artist should come to the table with a bunch of stuff. Um, if it's all coming from you, it's very one sided and also like you're not taking advantage of the medium either. Yeah, that's the hard part. What, uh, the script we're writing now. I mean, we're writing the whole script for one issue, of course, before we even have an artist, you know, because, again, we don't want to get in a situation where, you know, all of a sudden they're waiting on us for pages. You know, we just want to have some work banked, you know, so that's smart. You guys probably also will um, you'll probably have a better time hiring artists, too, because they'll be able to see the complete idea instead of just a scene. So what's it like for you? Obviously, Chris and I are partners in this, and we write together. You and Ashley are partners. What's it like for you guys? Like, what's the dynamic there? How do you guys write together? Um, well, we don't write everything together. Um, but, yeah, for the products that we do write together, um, we generally – and we figure this out the hard way, I think, is everybody that co-writes do. You have to figure out, like, what is your mad- method to the madness – so we will beat out every scene. Um, like we'll, we'll, we'll basically, we'll make like a rough outline. We'll sit together and we'll be like, oh, I think something like this should happen. Something like this should happen. Oh, I really want a scene like this. Or would it, I think, can we have a scene at the docks? Okay, cool. Um, so we'll do that and that'll become like our loose outline. And then from there, we'll break that up into issues. Like we'll be like, okay, I think this is the ending issue one. This is two. And then we break that, and this is together, we break that down even further into beats or scenes or like, oh, we got to cut the scene. And then from there, what we do is we sort of fight over who gets to write what scenes. But we generally always go with whoever's the most passionate about a certain scene takes that scene or whoever has a better understanding of XYZ character should take that scene. Um like in Jupiter Jet, I tended to do a lot of the um, uh, the Pluto scenes, our villain, um, just because like I had a better handle on like what he should say and how he acted and stuff like that. And Ashley would take a lot more of the Jackie scenes because you know Ashley has been a sixteen-year-old girl and I have not, right. um, <laughs> so that helps. Uh, and then we sort of like did the brother and sister scenes together because of course, you know, like we, we both understood that dynamic. And so we'll, we'll both go out, we'll sort of both do first drafts of these scenes. Then we'll combine them into a script and we'll read that script together and give each other notes. And then from there, we'll sort of cobble together a final draft that is sort of a Frankensteining of our two scripts. Right. And then do you go back? I mean, I'm assuming you do, you know, go back over it, but this like, one, do you go back over it together and like rehash just to meld those voices together or does like one of you take a pass and another one take a pass or how do you do that um generally yeah 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 we'll we'll still we'll we'll generally do a pass but most of the time um because we've both of our products have been very distinctive like you know the first one was this sort of science fiction pulp 1930s adventure and this other one is this young adult science fiction school story we kind of both get the tones really well um i find when we're combining the scripts it's only like a line here or there that like somebody 
you know, like you can kind of tell who wrote what. And so we'll fix that like one line here or there. But uh, most of the time we don't really have to change that much. Okay, great. Um, so moving on, uh, we've talked a lot about comic books. I love all the input you have because it's, it makes me feel a lot better because it's it, very procedural. Is this boring? I don't no, know. No, no, it feels <laughs> it it feels good to me to hear from you that like the the process that you do because it falls right in line with what Chris and I are doing, and it makes me feel a lot better that we're maybe doing the right thing <laughs> since you have comic books out there in the world. Again, you gentlemen, tell me if you want Alf Air, I will I will happily send you uh, a Jupiter Jet script so you can compare. Yeah, that okay. would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, for the podcast, when did you when did you get into the podcast? I know you've got over two hundred episodes. I, you guys are working. It's like two fifties coming out pretty quick, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it's right around the bend. Uh, we're finally going to do uh, Doctor Doom, oh, nice. which yeah. is I think our most requested episode as of now. I which is crazy. I, I absolutely love that podcast, and I think Thanks, that the idea of it is genius. It is because there's I don't know that I've really I've listened to other comic book podcasts um i mean a lot of what i listen to um is entertainment like i listen to a lot of kevin smith's podcast but i like on yours how it gives the ability to deep dive into a single character and i think that idea is so smart because anybody that just comes into that podcast or hears about it and checks it out can easily scroll through those and be like oh i'm interested in daredevil click you know or oh i'm interested in whatever and I think that's such a really smart idea. Thanks. Yeah, that was kind of the idea when we started is that I really wanted it to be evergreen. I wanted you I wanted you to be able to go back through the episodes because before we did Geek History Lesson, I was on another podcast called Box Office Booze where a friend and I would talk about movies as we uh, drank. And we did about 50 episodes, and it was a weekly podcast. It was like a news podcast. And I got very burnt out on like – just talking about the news every right. week and, yeah. you know, having to record every week as we don't record every week. We get a lesson. We, we bank the episodes um, simply because of the research yeah, and stuff like that. So, yeah. So we don't record Geek History lesson every single week, but um, I remember when we started it, I kind of got fascinated with originally it was going to be a debate podcast. Like we were going to take different positions on things and then sort of have the debate on the air. And then we decided against that. And I don't remember what podcast I was listening to, but I got inspired by another podcast and I was like, oh, our podcast should be teaching you about geeky things. And then I remember when we were trying to decide the title, I think I said, um, what if we just called it what it is? It's a geek history lesson. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that, <laughs> um, it works. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. If anybody's not listening to that podcast, that's listening to this one, definitely you got to check it out because I think it's because we got a lot of um, listeners that aren't necessarily into comic books or know that much about it. Um, and because we did a really, one of our pop, most popular episodes was best top 10 comics for new readers. And we got so much feedback because I would say probably the majority of our listeners don't really, um, I mean, they're into comic book movies, but they haven't like deep dove into actual comic books. So this is a great one to go out and really get the backstory that, we're now all enjoying for the last 10 years in these Marvel movies. You know, and... that's funny. You're not the first person to tell us that it's, um, we once went to a party and again, yeah, for your listeners, you don't know, Geekish lesson. Our goal is to teach you about one character or team in pop culture in a little bit less than an hour. Like basically 
all the important storylines and things you would need to know. We have this joke very early on in all our episodes where we say, like, this is the information you would need if you ever went to a geeky cocktail party and somebody asked you about Thanos or XYZ <laughs> character. Um, and then we may always, you know, as you guys know, we make the joke that, um, well, if you're at that cocktail party, wow, you're awesome, aren't you? How cool is it that you're at a Thanos geek Yeah, uh, no kidding. Party? Sign me up. That'd um, be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was funny. So the, one of the best stories I have is that we once went to a party of a friend of ours. Um, and this friend was a, uh, you know, he is a comic book writer. He's a professional comic book writer. Uh, um, and I won't say his name, but we went over to his house um, and he had invited us over and so we walked in and we were talking to some people and we met his roommate and his roommate was like, Oh my God, you're Jason and Ashley. And we were like, yeah. And oh, you how are. Awesome and, that? <laughs> you know, and we, we, we introduced them and we had found out that, um, when he found out that he was going to move in with a professional comic book writer, he didn't know anything about comic books. So he went to Google and he found our podcast and he had been listening to past episodes as sort of like uh, to bump up his knowledge so that he could be able to talk <laughs> with his new roommate. That's awesome. You were like um, a living. We were, we were just like, that's crazy. What a small world. Yeah, you were like the living encyclopedia for him at <laughs> right. that moment. <laughs> no, please. That's what, I, that's what we want, though. But yeah. that's, that's, that's my, those are always my favorite podcasts is where I learn something, but I learn something in a, like a very entertaining manner. Um, it's so funny to, though. There's the opposite side to that. Our podcast where we either get two, like we get two kinds of messages for our podcast. Our podcast gets the messages of like, people are, wow, I love this. You're teaching us so much. Very similar to what you guys are doing. The other side of it is people being like, you forgot this story and you forgot <laughs> oh, that. Story. I can't imagine how much of that you get. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we say in the beginning, we're like, we can't cover it all. It's impossible. So we pick out what we think are the important pieces. Right. And that's what, when we were doing our episode, that people would throw out stuff or, or when we did our top movies and stuff, they'd throw out their suggestions. I'd be like, you know, these are our picks because they were impactful to us. We're not doing the definitive top 10 greatest of all time. You can search a Google list of that if you want, you know, but you know, I, that's what I like. And that's I a like very small minority ideas. for us. I should say that as well, but like they're out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is just one question I had because I'm curious what mic setup do you guys use? This is kind of inside geeky. I know because we are constantly getting me and Jerry a lot talk about our mics constantly (laughs) and our listeners are always like, please stop talking about your microphone setup. (laughs) But I'm just curious because you guys, Uh, so we, we, for Geekish lesson, we record on blue Yeti pros Oh, okay, yeah. Um, really? So there, but the the reason why we do it on the pro is because that's an XLR mic. Right. We're getting yeah. real technical here. No, you uh, know, it's not we, a, we got. It's you. not a USB. It's it, it has the USB function. Actually, I'm talking to you on one of the Geekhead Lesson mics right now. Awesome. Um, because it can hook up in the computer. But so we take that into an audio recorder. We you should we use a very very old Zoom H4n. And yeah. then I just take that and I run it through Adobe Audition and put some filters on it, and that's it. Bam, that's great. Very, very simple, man. Like when I, years and years ago, um, when we started this podcast, I I I made it very simple. I basically figured out an easy setup and made it easy. I've I've been on podcasts where people have the complicated audio board and all that stuff, and I'm like, that's too much work, guys. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like that, and that's. We've been teetering in the middle there where we've had blue microphones. We still have them. 
And then we started getting into more and more stuff. And it turns out that that costs money. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. The, a trick, if anybody out there is wanting to start a podcast, the trick is not your microphone. The trick is where you record. Yeah, Because sure. if, if you're in a room that doesn't have an echo, if you're in a room that is, you know, I'd say acoustically sound, like for, for good recording, it doesn't matter what mic you have. You could have a mic, that cheapo mic that you bought from Walmart or Radio Shack, and it would sound good in that room. It's more your room than your mic, but everybody thinks it's by the expensive mic, and it's not. Sure, that's and that's the big argument between like condenser mics and dynamic. That's getting way into it, but uh, that's uh, on Reddit. They always have that discussion between dynamic microphones and. Condensers. You gotta stay off Reddit, man. I do. I'm on it too much. <laughs> You're right. It's like a deep dark hole that you can get it lost is. in. Uh, so just real quick, uh, when we were talking about like comic books for. Uh, newbie um, readers, what would be a couple comic books that you would throw out there to say, like, if you're brand new into comic books, this is something you could read? Well, see, that's a very difficult question because that to me is very similar to people being like, I've never seen a movie before. What <laughs> yeah, movie do I see? Right. Like, it it's, is. you know, it, it all depends on the person. So I, I, I can break it down by genres. Um, I think if you're into scary movies or horror uh, of any kind, I would check out Lock and Key. Oh, it's one, that was number one on my list for yeah, new readers, I it. think. Yeah, it's a great, great, great book, um, and it, it's written by the son of Stephen King. It's yeah. such a good introductory book. Um, That's, that book is so making... good that you don't even know you're reading a comic book. It's just like... I don't know. You just yeah. get lost in it, you know? Yeah. It's really good. It's, 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 one of the, it's one of the better ones. Um if uh let's see i'm trying to think of a good superhero one um uh, uh if you're if you're i would say if you're if you're wanting to just check out a good superhero story um see this is a tough one uh i would go with all-star superman as a pretty safe choice as well as batman year one just depending on yes. your taste whether you're a superman person or a batman person um, because I think All-Star Superman can show you how cosmic-y Superman can get, and you don't need to know any of the previous history. And then Batman Year One is basically Batman Begins in a comic book form. Um, I think if you're into science fiction or uh, stuff like that nature, I would highly recommend uh, Descender. Ooh, that's or, a good for me. Yeah, by Jeff Lemire. Or I would recommend Saga. Oh, yeah. That's always on the top of our list. We, we um, absolutely love Saga. And if you're into like Western kind of crime books for comic books, I would my picks would be uh, Criminal by Ed Brubaker. That was one uh, of my it's an favorites. anthology series. Each volume is a different story. You don't need to know about any of the other stories. It's really good. The other one I would pick would be The Sixth Gun by Cullen Bunn. Yeah, I'm a backer on his Kickstarter for his for Metro. I don't know if you've seen that new book. I He's am too. <laughs> <laughs> um. I haven't read that book yet, but I keep hearing great things about it. So I, I definitely want to check that one out. I know on our list. Colin's when... super awesome. He's been uh, nothing but lovely to me every time I've uh, asked him a question. I've, I've done what you guys have done to me where I've been like, hey, Colin, uh, how's this thing work? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I it, he, he's super cool. So everything I read on, you know, because on his Kickstarter, all the messages they send and everything is, is really awesome. I know one that was on the top of both of our lists. 
is why the last man we love that book so oh that's a good one that's a good choice just sandman for- is also sandman by neil gaiman's a good choice as well it it might scare away newer readers because the art's a little dated but i still think the story's really strong the story's phenomenal i love sandman as well yes um so you have some things coming up in the future um tell us about it whatever what yeah what, do you what are you working on? on or what do you um uh, well, the the biggest thing that's coming up is I have a prose book called Super Soldiers that's going to come out, I believe, in June. I believe the release date's June 15th, and it's a nonfiction book. It's a prose book. There's no pictures, uh, sadly. And, <laughs> we uh, like those, too. So. Yeah, we do. <laughs> it's about... Um, because I don't, I don't know if you guys know, and I don't know many people on the internet, I, I was in the Army. Yeah, and so and, was Jerry. That was yeah. another one thing that he, um, when he found that out, he's like, oh, he's from a small town in Kansas, and he was in the military, <laughs> and so was well, Jerry. So, yeah. Thank you for your service, Jerry. Yeah, I think we overlapped when we, because you deployed to Iraq, right? I did. I went in 2005. Yeah, I was there 06, 07. Oh, wow. So, so we yeah. waved as planes went by. We did. <laughs> um, that's cool, man. Um, so uh, super soldiers is, I take 16 comic book characters. Some are heroes, some are villains, some are anti-heroes that have served in the American military. And I compare how their military experiences have affected their writing. And also I throw in a lot of personal stories to them. So it's basically a giant salute to comic book characters that have served in the U S military. And I'm, 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 I'm very proud of it. It's very personal. It, there's a lot of Iraq stories in there, um, you know. And as you can guess, Captain America is the first chapter. So, um, <laughs> but you can go find it on Amazon right now um, with the temp cover and a really bad description because it hasn't been filled out yet. But you can pre-order right now if you really desire to, um, and that would be awesome. Uh, but if you wait, um, I will. I'm going to eventually do a book plate. Where oh, cool. if you if you pre-order a copy of the book and you send me the receipt, I'm gonna mail you a book plate so you can have an autographed copy of the book. But so I have that uh, Geek History Lessons, the weekly podcast that comes out every single week, and then we're also gonna be dropping. We're doing something really cool over on my Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Jawin, which I'm a, I'm a patron I-N. for you. Oh, yeah. sweet! Thank you, man. <laughs> uh, well, then you know all about Crisis Club. Yeah. Yes. Which is this giant 12-part video essay series that we're going to do where we're going to break down every issue of Crisis on Infinite Earths over the 2019 year leading up to the giant DC TV crossover. So um, so that's the big thing that we're, we're doing over there. And if that really works and takes off, then like it would be a thing we do every year. So if you want to check that out, it's over at my Patreon. Yeah, I would definitely recommend anybody out there that doesn't know about Patreon to get on there and... Find some of your favorite creators and just support them that way. I mean, I know they take their little cut or whatever, but I just think it's such a great, great way to support the oh, people and doing the things that you want to do. You know, well, as you guys know, like we a couple years ago, um, Ashley and I got into some finance, some just you know rough time as everybody does, financial troubles, sure. like just like too many bills and some medical issues and stuff like that. And if it wasn't for Patreon, we would have stopped Geek History Lesson. Um, like we, we, I think we've said that on the podcast several times, if, if not for our Patreon and the people over there that have supported us, we just wouldn't have had the money to continue the podcast because we were at, it was at that point where it was like, well, just do, do we got to go get second jobs? And, 
But thankfully, because of the Patreon, we didn't have to. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that I, I, I don't know why somebody didn't think of it sooner, but especially with the podcast, it's just like you sit there and you think, I'm like, man, if everybody out there that listens to this could just like give us a dollar. Yeah. You know, it would make such a big difference. And it gives you that ability. I mean, I mean, obviously there's different levels, um, but, um, you know, I, we have an, I, another guy that we had met at some comic cons and, uh, we were talking to him last time. We actually went to one of his classes. Um, and he said, you know, for a dollar on my Patreon account, it comes out with the script pages and, you know, the outlines and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. So we, I, uh, on our Patreon, like, yeah, we have geek Cash lesson extra, which is an extra podcast. We have a Jason and Ashley Excellent, Excellent Ventures, which is an extra podcast. We're doing a, a docuseries, which is an extra video. But also, so our scripts for Jupiter Jet can be found there, as well as uh, in June, I'm going to be dropping a comic book behind the paywall of my Patreon. Like, you will only be able to read it if you go to the Patreon. Awesome. Yeah, you guys are really good about getting tons of content out there on Patreon. Well, so I, I never want people to think... Um, that we're taking advantage of them because I, I do I, I, I look at Patreon because I I mean I'll, I'll tell you like I I donate like forty five dollars a month through Patreon to other creators yeah like right. I donate to a lot of creators because I, I I do think in this new internet economy it is about voting with your dollar and people don't realize that but when when everybody like you know bitches about certain movies, they're like, oh, why did they make that movie? It's well, it's because people went and bought the tickets. If you didn't go buy the right. tickets, they wouldn't make those movies. Right. So, for me, the thing I love about Patreon is that I, yeah, I there's a couple podcasts that I love on there. I support Cullen Bunn's pod uh, uh, Patreon because I want to read his comic book. I, I I think I support Jim Zub, who's another comic book creator yeah, on there he's as great. well. We like uh, a couple a other podcasts uh, uh, that I support as well. The Morning Stream I support because I love their show. Yeah, so I want, I, I I like them. I like what they're doing, and I know I can it's, I can see where my dollars going. So I want to give it to them. And it feels like to the person contributing, it just feels like kind of a personal connection. Um, you know that you you feel like you're like in some inside club. You know, and I don't know. It's just it really feels good. You know. Every month, I think mine's like 30 bucks a month or something. You know, I don't look at it and go like, oh, 30 bucks a month. You know, you I don't think miss it, it. No, no, not at all. I yeah, mean, you don't miss it at all. You don't notice it. No. That's... Especially especially when the benefits are really good. Oh, yeah. And honestly, almost all the Patreons that I support have ta- so much more content that I can even digest. You know, there's so much coming at you. You can only watch and listen there's to so much you know so yeah, there's only so many hours in the day right <laughs> i know one i support um tell them steve dave it's one of my favorite podcasts oh yeah and i do their um patreon but they put out so many like extra bonus podcasts and you know i just struggle to keep up with them and you guys put out tons of bonus podcasts yeah, you too guys have a lot on there Thanks. so we try yeah and I, <laughs> I i know one thing uh jerry was uh, one of the big things when he found out about the military connection that he loved was that whole charity program you got going on, giving the comic books to the soldiers overseas. So I think yeah. that's super cool. He, it, oh, really... sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, in case everybody doesn't know, like, yeah, every November I do a a, a charity drive. This is the four. Uh, last year was the fourth year. This will be 2019 in November will be the fifth year. 
Um, I team up with Operation Gratitude, which is an organization that sends care packages to, to uh, veterans in hospitals, veterans overseas, soldiers, families that are missing like one of their parents that have in military service. And uh, I ask people to donate their comic books, and Operation Gratitude um, puts them in their care packages. I think over four years, we're close to 200,000 comic books donated. That's amazing. And I, because I, I personally remember getting things sent to me, whether it was comic books or whatever it was, any kind of book, really, uh, getting that sent to me and knowing you have that connection back home from somebody and somebody cares that you're gone and they want to try to help you through whatever you're doing or just being gone from home. Uh, unbelievable. As soon as I saw that, uh, I, I, w- I was amazed and I thought it was a really great thing that you're doing and I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I was the same way. Like, I actually got a comic book in one of my care packages, which is kind of what inspired the idea. Right. Yeah, that that's, that's really great. Um, well, we appreciate you being on the podcast, Jason. Thanks for everything that you do. Uh, we are going to continue to follow everything you do, and I hope everyone that's listening uh, does the same thing. Yeah, if you guys Sweet. out there um, go get Jupiter Jet, it's amazing. Um, and I also think that's a great comic too for new readers. Absolutely, um, thanks. Because- we thanks. I, well, we kind of wrote it. Uh, we were inspired by the idea that I don't know if you guys. How many did you guys read comic books in the nineties a lot? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. You remember how in comic books in the 90s, it was like especially like Batman and Superman, you could kind of hand that Batman or Superman issue to anybody and you didn't need to read any of the previous five years to understand yeah. it? Yeah, yes. absolutely. That was kind of the idea with Jupiter Jet, what, what we were going for. We were going for the comic book that you could hand to Grandma, Timmy, and your best friend and everybody could enjoy it. Yeah. Sure. I totally got that vibe from it. And really so appreciate all, that. all ages too. That's what I was going to say. I, I, I'm going to give it to when I feel comfortable that he's not going to ruin it. My six-year-old, <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it to my six-year-old because he knows how to read pretty well now, and I feel like it's a comic book that would be right up his ha- his alley. Plus, like he, the art is so fun and engaging. Yes. I don't know how to describe it another way, but it's very fun and energetic. Yeah, Ben uh, Ben Matsuyu, our artist, did a great job. And then also, I, I need to shout out Mara Jane Carpenter, who was our colorist, who did an amazing job. And also... Uh, Taylor Esposito, who did our letters, because they should all be shouted out. Yeah. So, but I'm de- glad you liked it. Thanks. That's a, a that's that's very high praise to me. So definitely pick that up. You can get that on Amazon. Or is there a better way that you net more money off of, or is Amazon good? Uh, right now, Amazon is the best way. Uh, I'm lazy and haven't uh, <laughs> I haven't redone my website. But when I do redo my website, we're gonna do like signed copies up there, and yeah. we actually have a bunch of the single issues and variant covers See, and uh, and I'm some in, prints. I'm in the bag for those. So yeah. once you so get we those, might, <laughs> we might do some like special bag sets of the prints and stuff like that. But as of right now, Amazon's the best place. And can you get science yet? I know you guys uh, did the Kickstarter is, for that, and then yes, uh, so we did, science is not completed yet. It should be done around June. Okay, so watch for that. It's mm-hmm. uh, that sounds really interesting. So everybody, be that definitely check out if you don't know what Patreon is, get on there, start sponsoring. This is right here. You can start with Jawin yep. is yep. It, on Patreon, right? Yes, or Jason Inman will will make it come up as Either well. One. And I think, yeah, you can, on yours, you can even do just a dollar. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even a dollar makes a huge difference. But I'd go to at least the $5, because then I think you guys unlock some more content. So 
That's the way. Yeah, I think the five dollar level I think is the best level because Geek History Lesson Extra I think is a lot of fun. Yeah, and oh yeah, and check out Geek History Lesson because it's a really really awesome podcast. I um, we always get in this. People are always our listeners are always yelling at us because our podcasts are long. Generally, they're like two two and a half hours, and like oh, everything man. everything you read is like don't have them that long. <laughs> but um, so they're always like keep it under an hour. So I like how you guys do that really tight and usually they're in there within an hour although at the end of the episode i'm always wishing that it would go on longer to be honest with you we've but. done some we've done some longer episodes but yeah like i because i'm i'm one of those people too or i i i like my podcast episodes around an hour yeah that's the majority see and i'm we... like in the joe rogan world where i like them like two and a half hours long never stop yeah chris and i just can't quit talking most of the time <laughs> that's the problem uh but again thanks thanks for being on the show we appreciate it uh, Thank you guys so much for having me. I, I, I um, again, anytime anybody wants me as a guest, I, I, I really appreciate it because um, the fact that anybody wants to talk to me, I, I'm still, again, I'm small. It's the small town coming out of me. Sure. The fact that anybody wants to be like, yeah, come on our podcast is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, and maybe down in the future we'll do another one that's a little less uh, behind the scenes, and we can. Hey, I'm fine with it. Talk it's a just, little bit. It's, more. it's up. It's just up to whether your listeners are up to it. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna be if we give it to them. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to any Comic-Cons anytime soon? I was going to ask that, and I forgot to. Oh, um, right now we're going to appear at Emerald Comic- Emerald City Comic-Con in Seattle. Okay. Uh, that's in March. Um, and we will have a signing at WonderCon. It's also in March. That's in Anaheim, California. And then the only other one that we have on the schedule is we will be at San Diego Comic-Con this year in San Diego. Uh, I don't know why I said that. Uh, <laughs> for at least a couple of days, like we're gonna be at a table, and I think we'll 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 at least be there Saturday and Sunday. So in August is Wizard World Chicago. Whoa! I think you should uh, <laughs> it's get a... out there. <laughs> I would love to. I would really love to do more East uh, East Coast Comic Cons. But again, the another the other secret about the independent comic book world is when you go to these cons, you have to make your own way and. The East Coast ticket uh, starts adding up. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. I, I've I've always wanted to go to C two E two because I've heard it's amazing. Yeah. So that's coming up in March. We just got our tickets for it actually. So yep. we were just going back and forth. We're trying to get our script done before C two E two so that we can go down there and uh, talk with some artists. Try to pedal stuff, it. So, so. Uh, all right. Well, that's the show that we got for today. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, we can have some more. Uh, guests coming on soon but we thank you again jason and uh, hopefully we will talk to you again soon my pleasure gentlemen thanks for listening this week that was snarf talk there you have it uh it's our big first big big time interview yeah much bigger time than what anybody around here is (laughs) um but hopefully like if you guys thought about creating something want to create something are creating things hopefully you guys got something out of that uh, we did. Chris and I certainly did. It definitely put us on track uh, to kind of gauge ourselves against somebody that does it professionally. Um, and I think it was a lot of really good information that you could put to use today. Yeah. And I I, I can't say enough good things. I mean, um, Geek History Lesson is an awesome podcast. I still think it's amazing that he wanted to come on and be interviewed on our podcast. Yeah. Um, we're super grateful for that. He's a super cool dude. So check out that podcast, subscribe, leave a review on there, and then check out that Patreon and it's even a- just give a little bit because, you know, all these creators are just normal people 
And right. in the entertainment industry, right. even so, they're going like, I know he's got a day job, but going job to job, I mean, that helps create these things. Right. That's what I was going to say. Not only does, not only is it, you know, uh, just a good thing to, to help support somebody, but I think it's, if it's something that you love, like you love the content that these people are putting out, why wouldn't you want more of that? Right. You know, so one way to get a lot more content is is help support them a little bit so that they can put that money into good use. Just like that's exactly what we're trying to do. Um, if we were to get any sort of donation, it's 100% going to come in back into the comic book for sure, because they're expensive to produce. Uh, or and publish. we're going to have a Patreon. And once I get off my lazy ass and finish right. setting up the profile, I've been wondering when you were going to do that. It's yeah. been a real problem. I'm working on the YouTube channel right now. Oh, the YouTube's. We hey, got a YouTube channel? We do have a YouTube oh. channel. Turns and, out. Um, all of our podcasts are going to be on the YouTube channel. And I think it's youtube.com slash snarf talk. Hmm. Makes sense. Um, Let's try that one. Or snarf comics. Ugh. I don't know for sure. I guess we should have been prepared for that, but that's okay. Either one, snarf comics, snarf talk. There's not many things called snarf um, in the world. So... So let us know if you like that podcast, and we would love to do more interviews with all kinds of people in the industry. Absolutely. And, I mean, just for us to get more information. But And I don't care, honestly, what you create in the way of like books, comic books, podcasts, TV, movies, you know, whatever. We will talk to you about it because it's something that we love. And even though as a consumer, it's cool to see these people that have created something and kind of get the background on how that happened. I think, I mean, for me, it yeah, really is absolutely a little like back backdoor information or like insider information is unbelievable. And I really do believe like that just the, the little stuff that we covered in this last hour um, can really, really help you because just from, it took Chris and I two years at least to figure out most of that stuff that, that Jason covered in this episode. Um, if you can even consider that we figured anything out. Well, right. I don't, I shouldn't say figure. It's not like we're big timers, but even just script writing or getting words on paper. I mean, it, it took us a good solid couple of years to really figure out how to do that. Right. And he covered everything we struggled with, um, much better than what we could. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm always like amazed to see how friendly people in the industry right. are like right. literally while we were finishing the episode he had already emailed us like his scripts so we had something to look at and work right. off of that, that, that's just super cool and come to find out we're doing it the same way yeah we're doing it which is fun to see yeah so yeah that's really fun he was a great guy um hopefully you enjoy him as much as we did uh and again check out his podcast because that has a wealth of knowledge in comic book lore. Well, any there's a lot of geek stuff in there. I would love to get him back on sometime if he would ever want to do that, where we can just like do a top ten or sure. chat about like different things. Because I know this one's a little more inside baseball, a little yeah, procedural on stuff. Plus, we wanted to like. First of all, it's mostly because we were just wanting to know that information. And we're new at this stuff, guys. Yeah, we were pretty nervous <laughs> going that's into right. this interview. So so that's uh, all we got this week, I think, unless you had anything pertinent. No, 
No, mm-hmm. I mean, we could do some news. You got any news? I didn't look any up. No. no. Well, way to be prepared. Well, I was prepared for an interview, <laughs> not for your questions. Okay? Oh, okay. I wasn't prepared for me being interviewed. Okay. Well, next time we'll interview Jerry. Okay. Hey. I'm more than willing to we'll do get that. We'll interview you. our second comic book creator. Nice. That's. I'm not really. I'm more of a. What would that be called? Apprentice. I'm not apprenticing anymore. <laughs> Who are you though. apprenticing? <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not even an apprentice. I'm nobody. Okay. Thanks for pointing that out. So check out in the links because I'm gonna. We're gonna put that YouTube channel. Yeah, um, YouTube's coming up. Patreon's coming Patreon up. should be in the next couple weeks, and we have an episode dropping. Every Thursday. Every Thursday. Check it out. All right. We'll see you later. Thanks, guys.